Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. joining us for another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, you will notice that we all look a little bit more put Dapper. together than normal. Did today. we go to a funeral though? We're all wearing these like dark all colors. The boys like, have collars on. on today. <laughs> I have a nicer black shirt on than the normal ones that I wear, but still black. But uh, there's a reason for that. And that is because it's officially official. Frank Vogel is the new head son's New head, new head coach of the Phoenix Suns. There we go. Struggle bus. I had to get up early to go to this press conference. Now it's going to be really hard. Oh my God. It was at noon. It was at noon. That's the joke, you guys. Welcome to the party. Is it though? <laughs> yes, because I usually text every one of you at nine o'clock in the morning on most days. I mean, the best jokes have an element of truth. Of course, the yes, there is. <laughs> But we had a press conference today that the Phoenix Suns held where we got to hear from general manager James Jones and then the Suns' new head coach, Frank Vogel, um, which is pretty cool. We have officially entered a new era here with the Phoenix Suns organization. What are your guys' just kind of general impressions or first thoughts as far as Frank Vogel being a part of this organization? Uh, considering I didn't really care if he won the press conference, you know, because I, I feel like that's... It, okay, cool. If you if you talk well at a if you speak well at a press conference, we've seen that a million times. It hasn't led anywhere. Um, I I thought he did a very good job of kind of explaining uh, his thought process behind everything and what he hopes he's going to be able to get out of this. And more importantly, I think he's very focused on how the Suns are going to play a specific brand of basketball, especially on the defensive end, which got me a little excited because you know I I think this. Listen, I think we could use a little griminess. Uh, we've talked about it in the playoffs about not having that one guy, that agitator out there. Hell, if you can, if you can kind of uh, build a team of them, I'm all for it. So I'm excited about what's about to happen. Scrappy. Scrappy. Mm-hmm. I loved him. I love that word. Scrappy when he said, as hell. When we go out there, we're going to play scrappy. Yeah, scrappy as hell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I was impressed. I, I feel like this is for most new head coaching hires. This is the easy part. Unless you're Nick Nurse in Philly, but um, like, blessings. This Awkward. is this is a, a day to feel good, to be optimistic. It's kind of like uh, the equivalent for a head coach of media day each year. There, everybody is on the same ground floor, and there's nowhere to go but up. Um, but I do feel like he addressed a lot of questions that we had um, about Da, about Kevin Young, and we're going to get into all of that. But um, I liked a lot of what he had to say, and it, it backed up a lot of the things that we've heard about him. That he's a collaborative worker. 
um, that he's a good guy, mm -hmm. that he um, has an intensity to him and an energy and being upbeat. And I saw all of that today. So it was pretty much spot on with what I was expecting. And I was encouraged by that. Yeah. You know, a lot of times in these press conferences or any press conference for that matter, there's a lot of say it like it is bullshit. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I felt like Frank Vogel was genuine in this. Uh, and, and that struck me as different. Uh, and a moment after the press conference, we were all kind of standing behind uh, the uh, the stage, and there's some of the media were talking one on one with Frank Vogel, and these two employees of the arena came up and asked if they could get a, a photo with him, like a selfie, and he was totally cool with it, and they had their backs to the window, and the guy takes a photo, and Frank Vogel was like, "No, no, no, the sun's gonna wash it out. Let's turn around and get a better photo." Mm -hmm. Which I'm like, okay, most guys are like, "Yeah, yeah, let's take get the it photo, over get with, it over move with, on. or say no." He was like genuine with this guy. He has no clue who he is compared to anybody. Uh, and and he was genuine with it. And those little things strike me. We'll get into his comments about Kevin Young and some other things, mm -hmm. but it felt genuine. Now, we'll learn over time, you know, how, how he reacts to pressure. But today, you got a very genuine human being that it felt like he's going to take the time to get to know his players. He's going to communicate effectively like we've heard and those little things go a long way so there's a couple of things in the chat that i feel like kind of pinpoint the general impressions for me as far as frank vogel goes and charles said friendly frankie was the vibes <laughs> and i do feel like he was a really friendly guy it seems like it's really easy to communicate with him have conversations just all that kind of stuff and then Stoner Kitchen said the two words I liked that Vogel used during his intro were toughness and scrappy. And that's what yeah. we need. Um, and I like that as well. well. Those two things specifically stood out. One of the things that Anthony Irwin even talked about when we had him on last week was that Vogel was a very approachable guy. Yeah. Uh, he was a very yeah. easy, media-friendly kind of guy. Um, and and he's not going to shy away from answering uh, questions because that's just not his shtick. Um, so, I listen, I think that... You needed somebody that was going to be able to come in and communicate. And I know we're going to get into a lot of this, uh, you know, too. But I think a lot of people, we think communication is only team related. Mm. I think there's a lot to be said about communication towards the media. I mm mean, -hmm. um, I'm not saying that anybody has to kiss the media's ass. But, you know, you when you when the public gets left in the dark on certain things, they're going to have questions. And then they all also going to assume answers right and i think that's, that's part, part of what kind of was a little bit uh, not the total downfall of money by any stretch of the imagination but that did that is a part of the aspect of money that i don't feel like he was ultimately like how many times did we talk about injuries and we knew a player was going to play but he was like oh we'll see like just tell us man <laughs> you know what i mean i know yeah. there's gamesmanship but there's also some obvious stuff that goes to this when shams is breaking it and we're asking you about it and you still aren't committed to yeah it. the starting lineup comes out in 10 minutes just say it <laughs> just, damn say it. It, just freaking say i don't it. know that we'll there's see. enough <laughs> game planning that can be done in that 10 minute 10 minutes that really makes Guys, that big of a playing. difference we gotta go to Rings, play like, the fire alarms going off and everyone's throwing papers and the guy like in what you call it who's at the board with all the you yeah, Charlie Day yes, from exactly. uh, Holy Sony. Like, that's not happening in the 10 minutes before no. you tell us and tip off. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was, <laughs> go ahead. Although just, it would be I, hilarious if it did. I was just going to say, 
He also made James Jones smile. So there's an accomplishment in day one. All right. <laughs> he did have really good banter back and forth. I'll give you that. All right. Before we dive into some of the actual sound bites, because we do have a lot of sound bites for you guys today um, from James and from Frank, we do have a super chat from, I don't know. I'll take Z. There you go. Um, why is it that NBA team accounts, when it comes to new people, only post, quote, welcome in? And we only get details on anything from reports and media. Because there's a lot. Oh, go ahead. No, you, no, you got it. Because there's a lot of contractual stuff that 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 happens. Mm -hmm. And so, like when you saw at first, the tweet was uh, from Shams or Woj saying like they're working on a deal. They're finalizing they're finalizing a deal. a deal, which means they've agreed in principle on a deal. They just gotta work out the nuances. And so they're trying to get ahead of it. And the team has a lot of you know T's to cross and I's to dot. In terms of like making things official, official, it also has to go through the league office. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of a lot of contractual stuff and behind the scenes stuff that you just <clears> don't see. That's why the media is usually typically able to get ahead of it before the team. Um, that's why there's a little bit of a which is also something you'll see on draft night, like when a trade is made. The Suns or any team, if they make a trade on draft night, will not share that they've made a trade or that that person is coming to their team because legally. By the NBA rules and standards, they're yeah. not a part of that which team yet, which is why you have to wait draft. until the next day or however guys, long later for them to actually make that official. Which is so dumb because then you have guys taking their their premier yeah. photo in the NBA Wrong with a team that they're not even going to play with. He, uh, it's interesting because they, they follow up with the question stems from when it comes to uh, team updates in the NHL. Teams uh, accounts will announce what de won't or will announce with details besides welcome in. A, teams are never going to share anything contract-wise. It's mm. just not going to happen. Yes. Uh, so so really, it's a welcome in to our new head coach. I think the Suns handled it very well today, though. They had a bunch of quotes uh, from uh, from Frank Vogel that they put out there in graphic form. They share as much as they can. I mean, having been somebody that sat in that seat for the Suns, your hands are tied in a lot of ways mm -hmm. in terms of what you can share, what you can, uh, what you can acknowledge. Hell, I was surprised that uh, that Vogel and and James Jones talked about the assistant coaches right. today. Like I thought we were going to get a no comment because there hasn't been anything official about that yet, and so the team accounts can actually get fined by the NBA. I know that firsthand. Mm -hmm. uh, so oh. uh, I don't even remember. It wasn't Story anything time. serious. I think we jumped the gun mm -hmm. on an announcement on it may have been a player or, uh, or a coach. I think it was a player. But you can get fined for it too. So the person tweeting or, or posting on Instagram or wherever has to be very careful with the information. This year. Yeah. Plus, it's just the nature of sports. Like we have media members. We have teams. We have executives, front offices, all the different things, different types of media members. People who break news, people who tell stories, like it's just the industry and that's just kind of the way that it has evolved. So mm. everyone kind of respects that to mm. an extent. Obviously, teams want to own some of their own content and things of that nature. Where back in the day, you would break news, you know, through certain beat writers or whatever, or teams would hold information Sorry, back. But it's just <laughs> kind of one of those things yeah. that's kind of how it is within this industry. Yeah. Anyway, let's move right on along. First and foremost, we'll start things off with James Jones. This is the first time we've gotten to hear from James as well since the Suns made the decision to move on from Monty Williams, and he was asked what really led to that decision. Um, a hard decision had to be made about um, where do we go next, 
and, and moving forward, I just felt we needed an injection of, of a of different voice, a different energy. And I mean, it's, it's really, really just that simple. And as we evaluated where we were and where we wanted to go, um, we just saw a gap and, and we needed to fix So a different voice and a different energy. I, <clears throat> I know, I know we've talked a lot about Jesus, Bo. Someone almost died off screen. <laughs> um, you know, I know we talk a lot, and, and uh, there's varying opinions on Monty's communication uh, with players. And uh, and sometimes, hey, listen, sometimes your voice just runs its course, and mm-hmm. uh, you start to tune guys out. Uh, we've all been around certain individuals uh, bosses or coworkers that at, at a certain point, you're just like, oh, dude, I'm not even trying to hear them anymore. Like, and it's not necessarily personal. It's just, you just can't stand their voice anymore. <laughs> That's okay. Did you say uh, I, something? I, I think with, <laughs> thanks. I knew that was coming. Damn. Um, I was just going to be like, not me though. Right. <laughs> um, and so I, I think with Monty, I, I just, I'm not going to underestimate the significance of the lack of communication between him and DA and how and and how that kind of just permeated the whole beginning of the season, and I just it just never sat right with me. And I wonder, you know, if that's part of what James Jones is alluding to in terms of just needing a different voice. Uh, Frank was very adamant about communication and how he wants he wants to touch and feel every single player every single day, um, and I think there's value to that. And so I, I I'm not surprised by that comment. I, I think it could be that could be partly that I think it probably refers. It's the most polite PR friendly way to say like, look, we got our asses beat in back to back games at home in the playoffs on our own floor in an elimination game. Like this voice had run its course. It, it wasn't sinking in in this do or die moment the way it needed to. And so a change of leadership was needed. And that's kind of what a lot of people have been saying about Monty in terms of he was a great coach. He was instrumental in helping the Suns build what they have to this point. But now it was time for a change in leadership in that way. And I, I think that was just kind of tackling that head on. Well, the the different voice we heard, too, is a guy that says hell and ass in his press <laughs> conference, which is a change of pace. So. Hell yeah. The, uh, Charles Coulter makes a really good point. Um, and this is immediately, you know, I, I, that's what I thought was, he said, we, quote, saw a gap, end quote, was the quote that I wish we could have followed up on. And I, I thought that that was a significant portion of what he said. He's, we saw a gap. And that gap, clearly, they did not think that Monty was going to be able to overcome it in order to get them to a title. Um, and so they made the move. And for those people that are out there that did not like the move, Listen, if you're not in that building, you don't know. And mm-hmm. only guys like James are going to know what they see in a day-in, day-out basis. And I, I'm completely fine with the move, and I think it was right. It was the right time. Well, and at the end of the day, too, like as much as it would be great to follow up on that, you're you're not going to get the answer that you think you're going to get, even mm-hmm. if you do follow up on I, that. Like how? That, what do you mean by gap? That's <laughs> not – I know that everyone wants to have that inside information, and everyone wants Gerald and the other reporters who ask questions on a daily basis to, quote, unquote, ask harder questions or whatever it may be, but – you can ask those questions all you want till you're blue in the face. You're not going to get the answer that you're looking for, no matter what question is asked, because that's just not the way that you do business in these situations. Like James Jones might not have been the one who made the call 
to let Monty go. He's not going to go out there and publicly bash Monty Williams, regardless of how he feels about him behind the scenes. Because mm-hmm. that's just not what you do. No. Well, and are we really questioning not. what that gap was? It's called losing two, uh, two deciding games by almost 80 points combined. There's your gap. Mm-hmm. It was the, the ass kicking you took. Yeah. Like, right. But moving on, we just wanted to give you guys um, uh, a look at what James Jones did have to say about that. Because, again, it was the first time we've heard from James Jones since they all decided to make that decision. Now that we've got closure, like Saul said, let's talk about what James Jones shared as far as what they were looking for in their new head coach. They wanted to find a coach who had great leadership, honesty, integrity, championship experience, a love for the game a passion for the community. And James Jones said that Frank Vogel embodied all of that. And he learned a little bit more about him throughout the interview process as well. I mean, well, you make a bunch of assumptions when you see a a, a team play so tough and physically and like it beat you up. So I was expecting Frank to be like that. I was expecting him to be rough and tough. And, um, but what you find is that uh, he's extremely well balanced and, um, under an underrated trait is uh, he, he's a guy that knows how to bring the toughness out of you um, without barking, without screaming, without pushing. And he gets you to believe that you're tough, even if you aren't, until you actually start doing it. So those have been the conversations we've had about the approach to get the result that you want um, in an unconventional way. Uh, because we all know um, that it's, it's extremely, extremely difficult to do the things that we want to do. Um, but he just has a great way about him of, of making it fun. Like you said, making it a, a joyous uh, activity uh, to do hard things. So I think. Uh, <laughs> Is he a personal trainer? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. I, this this feels like the kind of speaking at a press conference. Nobody makes doing the hard things fun. Like <laughs> No, but I think if you read between the lines, it's just a different way of communication. Like yeah. his style of communication is different than maybe what they had previously. And they found that intriguing. But that's not surprising based on everything we've heard about Vogel from guests who've been on our show or things we've heard just in general from different members of the media and people who run into him throughout his history in the NBA. They've all just said, again, we said it at the top. He's an approachable guy. He's really easy to talk to. It's it's no different than when like when we were in school, you know, like you have good teachers, you have teachers that maybe you just don't see eye to eye with. Yeah. There's different teachers that communicate with you that can come across and you, you you understand what they're doing and what they're trying to get out of you. And then there's other teachers that you feel like you're on, you know, one planet and they're on the other. Um, and I think with coaching from from time to time, like I think Devin Booker had no problem communicating with Monty. No. Like, I don't think he had any issues. Same thing with Kevin Durant. But there were also guys like, you know, DA or, or you know, other other guys that maybe did not see eye to eye or could not communicate for whatever reason. And, and I think that's okay. And I think that's that's kind of what he's alluding to is, is like, hey, you know, sometimes you need somebody that, that can maybe cover the whole spectrum. And maybe it's not as effective or as a, a high level, but you just know that they're coming across because it's a different kind of approach. And so when you're talking about like making practice fun, right? Like I think I think, you know, practice inherently like it can be a chore if if you're like in day 18 of training camp, maybe he can change that up a little bit and add a little bit of a of a twist to 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 uh, to training camp to make it more, you know, conducive to to fun, quote unquote. Uh, maybe fun's just the word that I'm hung up on. I think I assume what he's trying to say is he's the type of guy that you want to work hard for, that you want to put in the extra work for, because 
you you have a genuine you know kind of desire to to do that with with him like nobody nobody's gonna find certain things fun and i don't know i i just got hung up on that so i i feel like reading between the lines a little bit and i could be totally off base on this but i think a lot of what attracted them to frank vogel is a lot of what monty at his peak was with a few changes i think that Mm -hmm. word fun if we go back a year or two of Suns basketball, that team was fun. They had mm-hmm. fun together, not just because they won 64 games. That obviously helps. But even before that, they were having fun on that finals run. Yeah. Last Winners year work. was more devoid of, of joy than any of the years that Monty Williams mm-hmm. has been here, I think. And I think with Vogel, you know, we talk about the leadership qualities. Monty had those at the start. We talk about the integrity and all this other stuff. Communication, mm-hmm. that was something that Monty was supposedly good at. I think they like those qualities and they want to stick with them. They're now going with a guy who has those qualities but also has championship experience, also has you know this, this passion um, and the fire to him. Like Not that Monty didn't have the competitive fire. He was a competitor. All of these guys are. But you know, people in the chat are, are picking up on you know the cursing and and the uh, the hell yeah and all these different responses that he had. And, and I think they just like they said they needed a change of voice. They needed a change of leadership. So Vogel has a lot of those same qualities, but um, maybe some of the things that they felt they were missing with Monty in place. I think we also need to just um, before we fully pass judgment here, mm-hmm. maybe give him a couple months. On the job before we like completely make up our minds about this. And I'm speaking mostly from like Sun's Twitter perspective because I feel like a lot of people are still arguing about this hire. And at this point, it's like it is what it is. So let's just let it play out and then determine it from there. In the words of Bernie Mac, you know, if people don't like you for who you are, fuck them. Fuck Take him. that for data. That, that wasn't Dr. King. That said that. <laughs> in darkness. Call, call back. Oh, the great words of Dr. King. Did you in dark darkness. Uh, the rest of the quote. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Y'all are too much. Too much. All right, guys. Here's the deal. Tomorrow is Wednesday. Today is Tuesday. That means later on in the show, you're going to get some Trade Machine Tuesday. But before we get to that... You want to make sure you sign up for the BetMGM Sportsbook app before tomorrow so that you can claim your free bet on the house. It is that simple. Every Wednesday and every Saturday, BetMGM is going to give you a bet on the house. You can receive it just by logging into your account. They do expire after 72 hours, so don't wait to use it. And those bonus bets can only be used on any sport wagers. But if you have not signed up for BetMGM yet, make sure you sign up today and use that bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers that you can take advantage of depending on where you live when you use that bonus code. But for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, just make sure you use that bonus code PHNX. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Of course, you guys know that Father's Day is just around the corner, and we've got the best gift 
that you can give right now for a limited time when you go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code PHNXSUNS into the search bar, you'll be able to order the dad's favorite gift package for just $99.99. Plus, you will get eight free Omaha Steaks burgers with your order as well. These burgers taste like a steak on a bun and are ultra lean and packed a bold, intense, beefy flavor. So this dad's favorite grill package, we got him. And they've got quite a few things in it. You get four bacon wrap fillets, four premium air chilled boneless chicken breasts, four boneless pork chops, four gourmet jumbo franks, four made from scratch caramel apple tartlets, and an Omaha Steaks seasoning, plus the eight free Omaha Steaks burgers for only $99.99. Like this is the best value. Best value in meat anywhere. So if you guys are looking for your father to father's day gift look no further because we got you covered don't wait go to omahasteaks.com type phnx sons into the search bar and order the dad's favorite grill gift sorry dad's favorite gift package for father's day today that's omahasteaks.com keyword phnx sons all right now we also now that we're done with james jones let's move on well we're not done we're gonna move on to (laughs) frank for a hot minute wow Bye, James. Well, listen, we started with James. Now let's hear from Frank. Then we'll hear from both of them a little bit later on. Um, Because a lot of the things that everyone's talking about in the chat are like, what is Frank's Vogel thought on DA? Because he had a lot of things to say about him. Mm. But before we go specifically into DA, um, Frank Vogel did talk about the main players within the organization, mainly the big four. And uh, having guys like KD, Book, DA, and CP3 on this team, they did play a factor in him wanting to join the squad. It always plays a factor in, in, in every job, but in this case, it really played a factor. <laughs> I love what we can accomplish. Um, the firepower that we have, you know, with those two prolific, savage scorers with bookends and, and Chris and DeAndre at the point guard and center position and a, a lot of the other pieces, you know, I feel like we can do great things right away. <clears throat> great things right away. You got to like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You mentioned all four of them and and spoke about um, three of them at length a couple of different times in the presser. Um, it, it It's interesting because I still don't know how this team is going to put a competitive group around those four. If they have a hundred and, you know, they have 60 million dedicated to DA and Chris Paul, that's going to be tough. But it does seem like for the time being, at least what he sold the Suns on is with the understanding of this is what we're going to have heading into next season. Um, so I, I like that. And I said last week, I don't think hiring Vogel precludes a DA trade. I think that today's press conference swayed me a little bit further away from that stance. But I do think if you go into next season with DA, this is the coach that you want to have coaching him because a lot of what he had to say dealt with the defensive side of the floor and for me that was the biggest thing last year for da where they needed him to be better um and if you have vogel hopefully coaxing that side out of him that rim protector side that's a good thing for you moving forward i I think the thing that stood out to me was bringing up chris paul there's obviously an uncertain future but what we're hearing now in particular uh from gambo is the fact that the likelihood of him coming back is all predicated on him being cut and signing the veteran minimum. Now you can't stretch in that case. You'll have to take the 15 million hit, but then you can bring him in for a 2 million vet minimum. And you got to wonder if there's been discussions about that, that Frank 
kind of knows what he's going to go in with in particular involving CP3. I don't think this is something that we need to overthink. Um, I I just – I feel like Frank is just going to talk about the guys that are on the roster and on the team right now. As he should. Knowing that there might and there probably will be some moves down the road, whether they include CP3 or DA, we don't know. But um, you can't really speak to hypotheticals, especially when you're not the one that's in charge of those. You know, it's James Jones and it's Matt Ishbia, basically. So Mm -hmm. I I think, he, you know, he, he talked about the players that they have. Those four players are the ones that stand out the most. Um, and you know, and obviously two of them, we know for sure will be here next year. The other two wait to be seen, but he talked about them in a, in a way that, you know, gave you a little bit of hope that if they do stay intact, that he, he's going to be able to, to get the most out of them, hopefully. So, yeah. And if you didn't mention CP three, that would have been a glaring thing that yeah. everybody would have overblown yeah. times a hundred. But I think we're already starting to see that, like in quotes and tweets and stuff that have been shared about what he said about DeAndre in or what he said about Booker KD. It's like, well, where's Chris Paul? Why didn't he mention DA? And it's like, okay, guys, it was a really long press conference. And <laughs> one tweet does not summarize every single thing that was said. So I just want to make sure everyone knows that he did mention specifically the four core players. Yeah. But he also did go a little bit deeper as far as expanding on DeAndre in and what he thought about him. Yeah, well, I think he can be one of the best centers in the league. You know, and I think he's shown that at, at times throughout his career. You know, I, I know he showed it when we played him in the playoffs a couple years back and he shot about 80% from the field and, uh, and, and deterred every, every drive, every, every cut, every uh, uh, effort to attack the basket. You know, he can be a big-time deterrent. And, um, you know, there's still areas that, that uh, he can grow offensively. Um, but I'm intent on, uh, on really connecting with him and you know restoring him to uh you know to an all-star level player i i love it uh again i think every i i was talking about this in terms of his trade value like it Mm -hmm. just takes one person to see potential and to think that they're the ones that, that can change them around and if you already have that person in the fold and you know you it's easier to work with that you have than try to make moves to work with something that you don't know is out there. So uh, in, in terms of trying to restore DA, I think that's a great way to phrase it um, because he's going back to 2021 where arguably DA had his best playoff season. And I don't mm-hmm. think that's really an argument. Like he just did. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get the most out of him and go back to that point because if DA plays like that, then he could be an all-star. And DA is very much fallen off of that level, especially this year. That's a significant drop from where he was, uh, mm-hmm. especially in the playoffs. So I, I, I love the fact that he, he said re- restore him because I do feel like there's also just using that word, right? I think restoration, we talk about it in a physical sense. Um, and I think for this, in DA's case, is more mental than anything else because he has the physical abilities. I don't think that's doubt- that's that's undoubtable. Mm-hmm. Like, But mentally – Something has happened in terms of the way D.A. thinks about the game or or even has a passion for the game that he just lost in the middle of the Monty Williams era. And I don't know where where it went wrong. And I hope that Frank Vogel can kind of restore that back in him. And so that way we can get the most out of D.A. Because that's to me, it's the mental aspect of this. That's the vital part. And that's where the communication comes in. 
And I think, honestly, with Frank Vogel, this is the thing that intrigues me the most. Because last week when we had Anthony Irwin on as a guest from the L.A. perspective, right, one thing he did point out was what Frank Vogel was able to do with Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. We've all talked about how Frank Vogel has a knack for working with bigs in this league, right? So if DeAndre and remains on the Sun squad, then he's in good hands with Frank Vogel. If the Suns decide to move on from DeAndre and go the route that we've talked about over the last couple of off seasons too, of bringing in a center who can do 70% of what DeAndre and can do, well, then hopefully Frank Vogel can also maximize that guy as well. So best case scenario here, whether DA is on this team at the start of this next season or not, you have a guy who is really good at working with big. So whether it's restoring DA or getting the most out of somebody who is replacing what DeAndre and brought, Best case scenario. Right. I, I feel like w when I asked him about his defense, his defensive mindset uh, earlier in the press conference, he had mentioned like it, it starts with the big fella. He's, he feels like he has a defensive scheme that is the best in the league, um, but it really helps when you have a shot blocking big. And he's had tons of elite rim protectors in his time. Roy Hibbert back in Indiana, he had a year of Miles Turner, then goes to L.A. He has Anthony Davis. He's got Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee. Like, he's played with these rim-protecting bigs that are kind of the centerpiece of how his defense functions, and D.A. is going to have to be that. And he hasn't been a rim-protecting, shot-blocking kind of big. He's been a rim deterrent before, a much better one than he was yeah. this season and even a little bit last season. Um, so, like I said, if he is still on the roster coming into next year, you have the right coach that if he can't get D.A. to be locked in defensively on a consistent night in, night out basis, then it is what it is. And, and that's the time to cut bait. Um, so you're, you're really hoping that, like Saul said, this is the guy that can restore D.A. But part of that is on D.A. to restore himself as mm -hmm. well. And I think maybe a change of voice <clears throat> will help with his confidence in that regard. Maybe that'll help coax that side out of him that we saw during 2021 when he was the most, probably the most consistent player. He wasn't the best player during that playoff run, but he showed up every single game in those playoffs and played really well. Um, so hopefully Vogel is that guy if he's still on the roster. Yeah, I, what struck me in the in the quote was more the, I'm intent on really connecting with him. Mm. Uh, DeAndre Ayton in particular is a guy that seemed like he truly needs somebody that connects with him and believes in him mm. to get the most out of him. And the rumors we heard were after those finals, Monty Williams kind of soured a little bit. And in, uh, over the next season and a half, it continued. I, whether DA is here or not, this is the kind of approach I want a coach to take to his roster. Mm. Because as we were talking about earlier, if I truly connect with you, you're going to want to fight harder for me and what I'm trying to get you to do. And as a coach, that's imperative. If that trust isn't there, if that's broken, it becomes much more <clears throat> difficult to get them to follow the game plan, to get them to believe in what you're selling. And that's how you wind up with a fractured group. Uh, and I think we may have seen some of that uh, last season. So I, I'm, I really hope that Vogel can do that with, DA and beyond on that roster. I think that there's a, a bit of empowerment here mm -hmm. that I don't know how much Monty empowered DA to do certain things. Um, and because he, he definitely did that with Chris and, and Devin, 
Um, and I think as a player, especially after you've been in the league for four or five years, after you get the max, um, and, and, and really the, the way that that max was handled, um, even the fact that Monty allegedly didn't even say anything to him about getting a max, like, I just think that I think DA craves that he wants to be given that empowerment to a certain degree. And I don't think you should give him the whole farm, but you know, I think he looks for that and he wants some validation. Um, and I don't know if he got that necessarily from Monty all the time. I know he did at first, the first two years and we heard it behind the scenes. Uh, you know, they, they had mic'd up and, and, uh, against the bucks mm. and he was talking to DA and that was like, that was a beautiful moment because you, you you see somebody that's struggling and he's trying to get him out of it and it worked. Mm. But um, I don't know what happened after that and and if it continued or not. But it seems it feels like it didn't. Yeah, and, and Da I think is just based on the way we've seen him respond to certain <clears throat> challenges like the playoffs that 2021 run. It was Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, uh, Giannis in the comp in the finals. Like he's a guy that constantly responds to challenges. He responds to routine stimuli. Like he he's a guy that needs something put in front of him that needs to be called up. Um, and I think after a certain period of time, it probably got a little grating to continue having to put the next carrot or the next mm -hmm. objective in front of him. And you kind of want him to kick it into overdrive himself. Um, so I think that might be the challenge for Vogel. But like I said, maybe that change of voice is going to be enough. Maybe just that will be enough to have DeAndre take it upon himself to be the defensive anchor that he talks about being mm -hmm. a lot of the time because that's what the Suns need from him the most. There's always this talk about DA's touches and his role on offense and all this stuff, but when he just does the little things, he's going to get his on offense. If he defends and it starts on that end, then the Suns are really in business, especially under a coach who has been, you know, he's led the top uh, defense in the league three times, top three defense five different times in his career. I, I get what you're saying about having to keep putting that carrot out there, mm. but at some point that's leadership, that's management, that's what's expected of the job because some people are just wired that way. And you can't expect everybody to find that self-motivation or find that, that thing. And the best coaches, the best leaders – find a way to lead each in individual and personality type. Uh, and at, at some, sometimes I think Monty probably struggled with that because as we talked about, if you were Monty's guy, you were Monty's guy. Mm -hmm. But if you weren't Monty's guy, you were on the outside looking in and they need a guy that can, can manage all the different types of personalities. Well, and we've heard that about Frank Vogel, right? He's had experience managing superstars. He's got two of those on this squad. I'm not too worried about him connecting or finding a way to work well with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Um, but you also need a guy who can reach everyone else on this team. And it seems like Frank Vogel has at least had good experience and a good track record with working both with superstars and then everyone else on the squad. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that all shapes up. But I did like what he said. I want to see it in action, but I like what he said. Also, uh, you know, people in the chat, they're like, Aiden needs to grow up. Aiden needs to grow up, blah, blah, blah. Aiden needs to grow up. He needs, he, there is accountability on DA's part for sure. A million percent. But you know what? I'm going to just say it like this. I'm going to take it from the known to the unknown, right? We don't know what's going on behind the scenes with Aiden, right? But I've been married three times. And you know what? The third time, the person that I had that third time was able to communicate with me in an effective way to get the very best out of me. 
So it's not always just about growing up. Sometimes you just need somebody to relate to you a little bit better to be able to get the very best out of you. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Put those goals. Yeah, but saying. effective communication. Effective. effective communication. That's the thing. And, and love language. You can communicate, right? but if you're not making sure that whoever you're communicating is understand what you're saying, then yeah. you're not really I, communicating. I know this sounds cheesy because you laugh when I say the love languages, but no, that's but understanding you're, you're what, what motivates human beings. Yeah. And that's... That's the key to, to leadership and unlocking people is what what motivates you. And that's not saying Frank Vogel has to handhold DA every step of the way. You connect with him and you put the goal out there in front of him and you hold him accountable if he doesn't reach said goal. Yeah. Uh, and that's the way to go about it. And then, um, yeah, anyway, I'm not going to go down that route. Anyway, I was going <laughs> to respond to a comment in the chat and then I changed my mind. Instead, I'll tell you guys about Four Peaks and the cool things they're doing for teachers. Jay, you know, kids are back at Jay. home for the summer. So let's thank a teacher. Every year, Four Peaks donates school supplies to teachers around the valley. And this year, they are giving away 11 $1,000 cash grants. And one lucky teacher will win a teacher's lounge renovation provided by Four Peaks. So if you want to nominate a teacher, go to fourpeaks4teachers.org and complete the form to enter their chance to win. Nominations are due by June 30th, so make sure you get those in uh, as soon as possible. Again, that is fourpeaks4teachers.org. You can also follow Four Peaks on social at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. You do have to be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks, and we ask you to drink responsibly. With what teachers have to deal with today, uh, you know, if you know <laughs> a good one out there, please, 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 they need it. Yeah, they need the God, Four Peaks too. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> All the things. So shout out to Four Peaks for that one. Also, shout out to our friends over at the Spaghetti Shack. They delivered lunch for us yesterday. Can I just say, like, I love garlic bread, and mm -hmm. they had really good garlic bread. They're big. And they were really big. <laughs> like, you could have made, they delivered garlic bread, chicken parmesan, and spaghetti. You could have made the biggest, best sandwich out of all of that. I think about that. I oh. know. Next time, make a sandwich. Yeah. Chicken parm with the with the pasta on there between mm -hmm. the garlic bread. Oh, I'm telling you, I missed you. out. You got to use your imagination Ooh, on this one. I missed out. Uh, we love the Spaghetti Shack, and they are a community focused to go pasta concept started right here in Tempe, Arizona, by five lifelong friends, and uh, they are currently serving Tempe and Queen Creek, and hope to come to your neighborhood soon. But if you are in Tempe or Queen Creek, make sure you stop by, or if you visit Tempe or Queen Creek, stop by our friends, and visit the Spaghetti Shack. All right, let's go back to James Jones one time because we do know that Frank Vogel is the Suns' head coach, but they were also reportedly able to retain Kevin Young on this coaching staff, which I think we all can agree is a really big win, and it was very important for James Jones as well. Um, well, it was, it was critical for us. Um, you know, throughout the entire process, we've had uh, frank discussions with Kevin uh, around his desire to be in Phoenix. Um, he, he wanted to be here. We wanted him to be here because he's a great coach and, and he wants to win. And, and so given the opportunity to, to stay here and continue uh, to build with us, um, it was an easy decision for him and it was an easy decision for us uh, because I, I know what he truly wants. Like he's had an opportunity to see us build it and he knows uh, the work we have left to do and he wants to be a part of it. And, and for me, that's important. Like the, the desire to be a part of what we call the hardest thing we'll ever do um, is real for him. And, and he wanted to be supportive in every way. So 
Um, I'm excited about having him uh, because he knows uh, who we are and he knows what we're missing and he can help coach get us to where we need to be. I love hearing that Kevin Young wanted to be a part of this organization and he wanted to be on this coaching staff even though he did not get the head coaching nod. That answers, if you take James Jones for his word, that answers all the questions around any concern about what Kevin Young is feeling, if he has any animosity or if he's upset in any type of way about not getting the nod for the head coaching job. If you take James Jones for his word, Kevin Young is solid. Yeah, it didn't hurt that he slipped a piece of paper over that said $2 million on it, too. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but you yeah. still have to want to be here regardless of the money, too, a well, little bit. And why wouldn't why wouldn't you want to be here when you look at what they, they have a chance to accomplish? And winning a title as a lead assistant goes a long way to helping you get, get a head coaching job the next time, too. Yeah, I... I I mean, we kind of alluded to this last week when we were talking about the importance of keeping Kevin Young, but um, he wanted to be here. He was close with a lot of the guys here, and it was important to keep him, not just because he's really important to their offense and helping them devise a lot of their pick and roll coverages and whatnot or uh, sets, but like he knows what works here or what has worked, and he also has an inside mindset to where they can probably improve as the assistant who was probably constantly suggesting things, some are taken, some are not. So I feel like keeping him was huge. Obviously Vogel was saying in his presser that he doesn't, you know, know a ton about him yet, but from everything that he's heard, he respects, you know, a lot of different things about him. Um, and he's going to kind of serve in that offensive coordinator role. So that's going to be huge for this team moving forward to be able to pair Vogel's defensive acumen with Kevin Young, with David Fisdale on the offensive end. Yeah, I mean, again, I know they talked about not defining roles, or at least Vogel did, but uh, that's ideally the perfect scenario is you would have those two guys working together to help the offensive side while Vogel really focuses on the defensive side. But uh, to, to Frank's point, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if we're going to play that or not, but, yeah. uh, but you know, he, he was very much, you know, receptive to that too. And mm -hmm. I think that, listen, uh, Kevin Young has a tremendous opportunity here. Because you have as good a shot as anybody else in the league to win a championship. Um, you, if they do win a championship, you're going to get a lot of the credit for the offensive production of said championship team. And it's kind of a no-lose situation for you. You know, if, if, if things don't work, then you just kind of, you know, refurbish it and try it again the next year. And, um, and you know, it's a, it's a great opportunity for him. Plus, $2 million doesn't hurt. I would like to think, too, with being able to retain Kevin Young and then bringing in David Fisdale as well. Like, yes, Ishbia's pockets were deep in both of these hires. Don't get me wrong. But I would like to think that a lot of it also stemmed from conversations with Frank Vogel mm -hmm. and the willingness from Frank Vogel to listen, genuinely listen to what his assistants are bringing to the table. Having this be a collaborative process. Like, is it my call at the end of the day? Yes, but it feels like this squad of coaches is going to be much more collaborative than maybe what we've seen as far as just traditionally from coaching staffs in mm -hmm. general. And I'm really excited to see how that all kind of plays out because in theory, you could make the argument that the Suns do have three head coaches right now. It's just only one of them holds the title. You just, as long as it doesn't devolve into groupthink and, and things not kind of, as long as it doesn't get muddled. There needs to be one voice in the end, and that's Frank Vogel. Mm -hmm. But he should be taking everything that Kevin Young 
and David Fisdale say and implementing that in ways uh, that that can get the most out of the guys. You just don't want it to become there's three very distinct voices and it's and everything gets lost in the crowd. Yeah, and I, and I don't think anything that we heard today no. suggests that'll be the case either. I, I think he's very much a delegator like we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think he knows as a head coach, his defense is where he really shines. Um, and I think he sees the value of having Fisdale and KY on the offensive side of the spectrum. Um, you know, like Saul alluded to, he mentioned he's not going to get too much into roles yet until he uh, rounds out his coaching staff. So there's still moves to be made on that front. Um, but he did mention the term offensive coordinator. So he's very aware of kind of what we've all been speculating that young will be in charge of kind of that side of the floor. I also really liked the way that Frank Vogel answered the question about how he would approach having Kevin young on his coaching staff, knowing that Kevin young wanted that head coaching job. So let's listen to that. Yeah, it begins with empathy, you know, because obviously there's, there's going to be a natural disappointment. Um, but I know Kevin and Kevin has incredible basketball integrity incredible and um you know since uh it's it's been sort of announced that we're going to work together i've had numerous people from his uh his past reach out to me and just uh double down on on that level of you know what a great guy he is and what his basketball integrity is about and i've got a high level of respect for him i like empathy that that was such a very human moment because mm -hmm. and we talked about this in general with sports, we don't tend to consider those things. And Frank Vogel's first instinct is, I need to be empathetic to the fact that this guy wanted this job and didn't get it. And as being a big enough man to say, no, I want to be part of this still, though. And that struck me. Like, you rarely hear that kind of kind of talk. So I, I liked that. It was a very human moment in this. Yeah, it just Absolutely. reinforces what we have heard about him in terms of being a collaborator, being easy to work with. And that's a good sign in a situation like this because this is not a common situation where a guy interviews for a job, doesn't get it, and then still stays on to be the lead assistant. That's that's a That could be a tricky situation to navigate, but apparently because Kevin Young wants to be there, because Vogel is approaching it in this way, hopefully it'll be pretty productive for everybody involved. Yeah. And overall... It seems like Frank Vogel is really excited and ready to embrace that championship or bust mentality. Am I right? Hell yeah. I've been with teams where we're going to take the, you know, the, the, the long road. And, um, you know, that can be fun. That journey can be fun. But I love the mindset that we're going to go after it right away with all we have. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, every time I hear that, did you have you seen the little girl on TikTok where I don't know what's going on? They ask her, she wants to just like, hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I love her. And so now I love Frank Vogel for that. You didn't she reminds way. me of that little girl. And it's the best of, thing ever. I think of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, do you? Yeah. He's like, Can I get a hell yeah? That's fair. <laughs> That's a fair one too. Like I, he didn't shy away from it. The direct <laughs> question was, are you okay with the championship bust? championship or bust mentality in year one. And he just goes, hell yeah, mm -hmm. that's the mindset you want. We've been down that long and winding road where we had to wait uh, to try to figure out how to get a championship. The time's now, and he fully embraces that. Yep, love to see it. 
Stoner Kitchen in the chat said, y'all need to cut the hell yeah soundbite. Already done. (laughs) That's definitely going to be a staple on this show moving forward. So hopefully you guys loved it as much as we did. Uh, Okay, before we get into our Trade Machine Tuesday. Oh, we didn't forget about Trade Machine Tuesday. Hell yeah. (laughs) Friends over at Circle K have all types of great things for you guys, whether it's just getting gas, whether it's running inside, grabbing yourself an iced coffee for just $1.89, If you need to pick up a 12-pack of beer, you can get some for just $9.99 at Circle K. They've got Red Bull. They've got Monster. They've got Twitch. uh, Free Fast Twitch. They also have um, Polar Pops, which I'm a big fan of the Polar (laughs) Mm -hmm. Pops, as we all know. Mm -hmm. So make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff. Right now, if you text PHNX to 31310, you can join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free offer on 32-ounce Polar Pops, a great treat now that we are in the summer months. So head to circlek.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. And of course, this summer, if you are looking to have a fun time hanging out with your friends or just catch up on sleep, maybe this is your off season as well. Our friends over at OGs have you covered for all of your summer plans, whether you are looking again for the sleep edition gummy they offer, the happy balance gummy they offer or just the traditional OG OGs. They've got it all, and they've got all the best flavors as well. The fruits, the creams, and pink lemonade dropping on June 21st. So make sure you check out our friends over at OGs. You can find them online at ogsbrands.com. You can find them on Instagram at ogsbrands. And of course, you can find their products at your local dispensary. You just have to be 21 years or older to purchase, and we ask that you indulge responsibly. Joe Joe Martinez in the chat says, when he says... Quote, fuck, can that soundbite be part of the show? Ah, uh, would you even <laughs> doubt that? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> of course it can. We'll find out. Do you think he will? Do you think he'll drop one? I yes. hope so. How long percent. do you think he's from Jersey? Of course he will. Pre season? No, I was trying to think of the timeline because you asked how long. Yeah. Uh, I'll put it in like a month into the season. We'll okay. I'm gonna say he's gonna drop one in the preseason. The preseason? Oh damn! Yeah, because we. I, I think the he's just. The preseason doesn't really mean in a presser much. or on court. Those are well, two different. On court, it'll be it'll be before. Yeah, that's like, in a presser. No, I think something a, that we can clip as a sound. I think bite. in a presser he will because he'll just. I think he'll get comfortable enough mm. and he's just gonna drop it. it, it not necessarily mm. like he's mad. Mm. He's just gonna be like, yeah, and I was just like, fuck, <laughs> and then that's it. Clip done. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, there's we'll already audio of him saying the f word when he was mic'd up with the Lakers. I've seen that clip, so yeah, it, it's bound to happen. No, we need our own. I know. We need our own. Bound F-bomb. to happen. All right, guys. Here we you go. You know what it's time for. I'm so upset. Hello in the so chat upset? because we're gonna play this little sounder thing, and it's the best. Hello in the chat said if we add uh, the hell yeah after the trade machine Tuesday sound, <laughs> could be kind of funny. I don't know. We'll see. But you know what time ahead. it is, Emma. Go ahead, Emma. Let's go. Train Machine Tuesday. Yeah. Train Machine Tuesday. Train Machine Tuesday. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's yeah. go, Emma. Yes. Woo, that's Look why she's the best girl. producer in the business. That's awesome. <laughs> that was quick. Yeah. I like that. All right, Espo, you wanna you wanna run down our trades for today? Sure, Emma. You wanna throw the first one on? I don't care which one it is. You can. Here we go. We're letting Emma make choices now that Hey-o. she got that uh, good audio in there. 
Okay, so our first one here, uh, the Hawks receive Landry Shamit and DeAndre Ayton. The Suns receive Clint Capella and John Collins. Mm, 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 mm. <sighs> Spicy. Look, I've stumped yes. you all with this. No, <laughs> I mean, I like it. I like it. If I was the Suns, I would probably do it. Um, I don't know, man. I Like, there is part of me that wonders what's going to happen with DA under Frank Vogel if he stays. Mm -hmm. There is a part of that curiosity. Mm. And damn it, if it wasn't the Arizona sports way to <laughs> trade DeAndre Aiden, and then all of a sudden, that's all he needed. He just needed a different voice, and he thrived. Ah, man, I'm just... That's the gamble. Well, it's know, it's hilarious, though, because people talk about DA's touches and stuff. If he goes to Atlanta and he's playing with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, guess what he's going to be doing? He's going to be setting a ton of screens and mm -hmm. pick and rolls, which is what he does here. But that's neither here nor there. I would do this. Um, I don't know if the Hawks would do this. I, I Maybe they would. I feel like DA is younger than Capella, obviously. Uh, maybe they feel like they need to reconfigure their roster too, because they've kind of hit the same ceiling that is considerably lower in terms of they went to the conference finals a few years ago, and now they're like barely scratching the play in. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe they feel that they need to just mix things up, maybe inject some new young talent and build with that core. So maybe they'd be interested. John Collins's contract, I'm not huge on. And the big question would be whether he can hit the three ball to spread the floor. Cause he'd probably be playing that four spot. Um, and move KD up to the three. But Capella would be kind of the rim-protecting big that Vogel was talking about. Um, he's a shot blocker. He's a great rebounder. He knows his role. He sets a ton of screens and rolls hard. Like, that's kind of all the Suns would need from him, even though he's a lot more limited offensively than D.A. But I think he, the, the benefit is he accepts that role. Yes. Right, where, where D.A. hasn't always. Uh, you're also forgetting the biggest thing here. The Hawks get the perfect backup. Uh, to Trey Young, you guys, you guys just I didn't say it. I didn't I know don't say you guys. I, I didn't say that. anything. I purposely <laughs> left Landry Shamit out of I my know. mouth. Listen, I will get torched for bringing up Landry Shamit when I goddamn bring up Landry Shamit, and not before or after. Listen, Bleacher Report had some really nice things to say to say about Landry well, Shamit. Bleacher one of Report their should fucking sign him. Shenanigans. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, directly the seconds. will also think really nice things about Landry Shamit. <laughs> they as well. said that he was a good solid shooter. He is. <laughs> he, he is a good solid offense. shooter in yeah. one game in the playoffs. Oh, so oh be quiet. God. He's a solid yeah. three point shooter. Right. Let's clarify Keep this. Your secrets to yourself, it's sir. It's a 39% three point shooter. Like, He's a good shooter. like a former Suns front office member said about Luke Zeller. He's the best shooter I've ever seen in practice. Stop. Oh my Stop. God. We're basing this on numbers, not some bullshit exec's opinion. Stop Lord it. Mercy. God so bless. yay or nay? Yay. I would say yay. I would prefer it if it was um, Bogdanovich instead of Collins, but I don't know if the Hawks would do that. So Look at this growth. What are you going to say? I say nay. Wow. Is that growth? Even, yeah, because yeah, we got to keep Landry Yeah, but you get to keep DA too, so right. is this a push? Uh, <laughs> I think it's a push. <laughs> no, because Saul's excited and intrigued about what DA could potentially be with a different voice. I get it. I mean, we'll see how, I mean that's what we're saying. We'll, we'll see how long that enthusiasm I mean, lasts when we get to I don't disagree, season. though. I think the fear that you brought up is, is a fair one. Yeah. What if this is the guy... They could unlock him, and then you you deal him. But I, 
that's a big if. And if if there's a, a deal that you think makes you deeper and better, I, like I, that, I would I say would this. I am leaning. I'm like eighty percent certain that it won't be that mm. because I, I mean I'm sure Vogel will get a better performance out of him more consistently, but I just don't know if he's the guy or if anybody's really the guy to take Aiden from uh you know uh, a a good solid player to all-star level mm. or great player. I don't know if I honestly I will say that and it, it could be Greg Popovich, it could be Steve Kerr, it doesn't fucking matter until DeAndre Aiden decides that he wants to be that dude and does everything he possibly can to be that dude. He will never be that dude and Frank Vogel can only do so much to get him to be some shell of that. Right. I, I, I think it's natural to wonder what he could be under Vogel, but like you're saying, DA has to unlock himself and take it upon himself to do it night in and night out. And that's my concern is I, I knew heading into when Monty got fired that because if you flash back to the end of the playoffs, everybody was like, we need to trade Chris Paul. We need to trade DA. Whether you can do that or not is irrelevant, but now we hire a head coach and suddenly everyone's like, well, maybe we can talk ourselves into like, okay, I understand it. But for me, I think he's going to unlock his defensive potential. Sure. I, I just don't know if he's going to be that two-way force that people are hoping he'll suddenly become. I do, don't know. Do you need him to be a two-way force when you have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant? No, he's, but he's not catastrophic on offense. No, no, no. But I'm just saying, it's not like you need him to be the second option. Like you know, or right. even you know. It, My so. thing is more about managing expectations because I think defensively is where they need him the most. Offensively, people always talk about he needs more touches, he needs more opportunity to yeah. grow. Monty stunted his growth, all this bullshit. When really a lot of the offense they ran was pick and roll heavy yeah. to get him to roll, to capitalize on his gravity because the guy can't dribble and he can't create his own offense. That's not going to change under Vogel. Maybe it changes if you have Kevin Young implementing more offense. Maybe if he's more empowered to devise the offensive schemes, you have some of that. But I, I just want people to have expectations set at a good place. Like defensively, I think he stands to get a lot better under Vogel if he's still here. So you, Offensively, I don't know what we're going to see that's that much different unless Kevin Young was really being like held back in terms of what they were running on offense. So you're saying DA subscribes to a John Mayer philosophy of gravity, stay the hell away from me? Is that I wasn't I, saying that, but <laughs> you know what? I don't know. I, and I'm, not try, I'm trying not to be too hard on Monty Williams because I, I do believe DeAndre Aiden has just as much of an effect on his own game mm -hmm. as Monty Williams did. Mm -hmm. But um, I do feel like there's elements, again, to the combination of communication and, and, and motive to try and get a player to a certain space or in a position to be able to thrive offensively as opposed to, yeah, pick and rolls, yeah, the gravity, I get that, I do. But, you know, you listen to Spo talk about Jokic and how many how many different ways they the Nuggets try to devise schemes to get Jokic the ball in certain dominant positions. Um, and I don't know outside of Devin Booker or Kevin Durant if – Monty Williams really focused too much on that because he had those two guys. Yeah, but Jokic is DA's not Jokic. Yeah, Jokic oh, is I a get unicorn. That. I get that. I get that. I'm just saying, like, it wouldn't hurt. Like when I we hey, we gotta get DA the ball right now. I've never heard that. I've never heard that in any mic'd up scenario ever. Like it would be nice to hear that once. 
just to know that, oh, it is a thought. He posted up more this year than last year, but. Next one. We've got the Suns receiving Kristaps Porzingis and Kyle Kuzma and the Wizards receiving Landry Shamit and DeAndre. And now with this one, y'all may be wondering, but I thought, yes, they both have player options. Kristaps Porzingis and Kyle Kuzma both have player options for the Wizards for this upcoming season. So this would be under the idea that they both opt in, of course. Can I be very clear? Uh, The only reason that it's always DeAndre Ayton and Landry Shamit isn't hate on these guys. There's just <laughs> limited guys on this roster yeah. that you can move that are under contract. Yeah, we're not moving. We're not moving two of them. We're not moving two of them. That's for certain. So trade machine Tuesday is gonna get <laughs> real interesting. Come uh, the next couple of weeks. <laughs> I absolutely detest. D. Oh man, Kristaps Porzingis. Okay, I hate. <laughs> Hate his game. Oh man, okay. I hate everything about his game. I okay. do not like Kristaps Porzingis whatsoever. I don't like him at all. I think he is. This is another Dr. Seuss. I think does this not is, like him at a rally. I does th- not like him in the valley. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, think, I do not like Kristaps. I think he is wildly overrated. I okay. think he is not worth thirty-six million dollars a year. I know. That would be one more year left on his deal. It would be, you know, a uh, an expiring contract, which would be good for the Suns. Kuz would be too. And Kuz would be too. But, ugh, bleh, I would throw up all over this deal. Oh, man. Okay. Um, so it's quite possibly the worst deal I've ever seen proposed on this show. Stop. <laughs> Have you seen <laughs> some of the shit? So you put Kristaps and Shammy in the same fucking deal, he's, and I just want to vomit everywhere. He's just coming at your trades hard. Man. Wow. It's fine. I didn't see him offering any up, so it's all right. Um, no, I look, I oh feel like God. Porzingis this year had a good individual season. He averaged 23 points, eight rebounds, a block and a half. Shot 50%, 39% from three, and he did it in only 33 minutes a game. The Wizards as a whole were not a good team. Dumped so there's something to the effect of, like, yeah, he put up good numbers on a very subpar team. A shitty team. Um, he was more available than he's been, but he still missed, like, 17 games. So I get the concern. I do like Kuzma a lot more than I did even a year or two ago. He had a really great season. Um and I feel like there are some traits that would be good here, like the shot blocking thing with Vogel. I feel like Porzingis is a very good shot blocker. Um, he can spread the floor from three. I don't know. He's not as good a rebounder as DA, despite being taller than him. I struggle with this one. I, I don't know. And the unlikelihood that both of them would opt in is yeah. very low. Could you Bro, imagine the, the chat s- hates this? Just I mean, as I, much I, as I, Saul does. Could you imagine the size in that lineup, though? Like, That's a lot of size. The, it, the, look, I'm not a Kristaps Porzingis fan either. I mean, I, for for multiple reasons, including off the court stuff as well. Yes. Uh, not, not my favorite mm. guy. Uh, but, you know... I probably don't make this deal just because there's too many variables in terms of how does Kristaps and Kuzma fit in a starting lineup? What do you do if if you trade for these two guys and neither of them are under contract going into the future? This is really a we're all in on one year and yeah. we'll clean up the mess afterwards, which I'm not sure I'm fully bought in on that. So I'd probably say no to 
Yeah, um, someone in the chat asked who had more blocks last year. Just for reference, um, DA played two more games than Porzingis. He had 53 blocks on the season, and uh, Porzingis had 100. So, <laughs> so double. Jesus so there's a big, DA. there's a big gap there. Yeah. Whale. <laughs> Ryan in the chat. Fuck that size. <laughs> hey, in this case, size does not matter. I don't give a shit how tall he is. It does not fucking matter. Fuck that guy. I don't want him on my team. Jeez. I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and probably say that based on the comments in the chat, this was the biggest letdown trade machine Tuesday that we've proposed since it the became a thing. first one's not bad. First one's not bad. Yeah, the first I, one's. I don't think you know, they're that bad, but I'm just saying, based on the chat, everyone yeah. is so upset. I thought Lindsay was going to say, based on the chat, I'm going to say yes to this because <laughs> they all hate it, so there must be something to it. <laughs> no reverse psychology that you're always working with over there, as well. Oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So um, those were the two that we proposed for today. Mm-hmm. Again, just remember, there's only. A, a handful of people, if that, that we can include in these Trade Machine Tuesdays. Let me throw this out there. If you're in our Discord, why don't you guys throw some trades in yeah. there for next mm-hmm. week? We'll discuss yours. This yeah. is not us dictating. You can you can and provide you, yours. And you know what? We can go crazy. You want to get crazy? Let's go crazy. Throw anybody in Let's there. Get you, know, you want to trade Devin Booker? Give us a trade. KD, you want him Let's out? Go for it. What are you guys doing? <laughs> Burn it to the ground. How about this? How Hell about, yeah. How about next week? And how about next week? So let's much just, drama. Let's just say the Suns pick up the option on Chris Paul and they keep him. Mm. We'll we'll do Chris Paul trades next week. We did do a Chris Paul trade last week. I, didn't I, we? I congratulations, yeah. Lindsay. We still have like eighty nine weeks to go until the season starts. I'm just saying it well, has all another one. I I will trade the Grand Canyon like, for the Empire State, about, State Building. How about some oh, CP3 with Shamit trades? I'd like to see that. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. There we go. We're going to uh, have plenty. More Trade Machine <laughs> Tuesday coming your way next week. Also, we saw Ish Wainwright today. He looked good. He did. Mm-hmm. Can I just say Ish Wainwright is such... He's like a... He is a sweet baby angel. Mm. Is he the new sweet baby no, angel? No. But he is one. <laughs> what do you mean no? He is Why a sweet baby not, angel. You need to have... Not you have to have a angel. sweet baby angel on this team. Well, I'm not ready to give that out just yet because we don't really know who... if. I mean, who's going to be on this team? But Lindsay. She's holding out hope Cam or Mikhail is coming back <laughs> so she can call them. I mean, you're not going to know any more of these players. So? That's the reason why you like Cam so much. Yeah, he's a wizzy, was a sweet baby angel. I know. And can't, and so how is. How do you know? Ish. How do you know Ish isn't? I'm not saying he's not. I'm saying he is a She's, sweet baby angel, but he can't be the sweet baby angel of this he, team. Like he's built like we a don't Mac, know who's on this team. He feels like, like that, a Mack truck. I feel like that crown should be moved from one person to the next. Yes, and when we know what this team is going to look like next year, we will move it. Oh, uh, you think we might trade for another sweet baby angel? Maybe. Maybe that's high on uh, on James Jones' list. Why didn't you ask that today, Lindsay? I should have. Where are the sweet Bro, baby angels? We only angels? have like what five we people have who are here. locked in on this team. This is true. Mm. By the way, Jay said he's got to get in the Discord. There's one easy way you can do that, and the only way you can do it: become a diehard today oh, at gophnx.com. Yeah. Uh, you can get you get all sorts of things. You get this wonderful. Uh, you can't see it in this shot, but there's a a, a diehard only box <laughs> there on the table. You're gonna get a membership card. Uh, you're gonna get oh look at this. It comes in. In this shot, in the here, you're gonna get a T-shirt and a membership card. It's it's great. It's everything you could want. You go to gophnx.com. You become a member. 
and I can't get this box. To come you also out. get discounts on merch. You get first access to event tickets, all the different things. You also get um, exclusive di- discounts from some of select partners of ours as well. So there's a lot of really cool things you get was, for becoming a diehard. It was so smooth. It was so smooth. I was trying to help. I it to me, and then I just couldn't get the damn thing to close. But like you, you want to be a diehard, it, you get great uh, perks to it. Come on in. Be a oh, boy. Ooh. For a guy that's always talking about what's in the box. Like it's just, I think it's ironic that he couldn't close the box on this one. It's, it's just a, funny. You don't it's close the box. box when you when you say what's in the box, you open the box. You're so disturbed with it, you throw it away. <laughs> this box, you won't be disturbed though. You'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> <He> pitched. <laughs> that was a roller coaster. <laughs> and now that we're off that ride, let's go ahead and say goodbye. Thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate you as always. We will see you tomorrow at 3 p.m. Same place right here on our YouTube channel. If you can't join us, though, make sure you listen wherever you get your podcasts. And until we see you next time, be sure to follow the show on Twitter at phnext underscore sons. You can follow me at lindsaysmithaz. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Spoiler alert. Unlike in the movie Seven, you're not going to find Gwyneth Paltrow's head in our diehard box. You'll find some good stuff. Ahoy, hoy. never gonna let go. PHNX, though. Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. Y'all always rep the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G. No plan 